This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 304. In today's episode, I'm going to share some perspective about those clients that come into coaching not by raising their hand and requesting a coach. Ideally, we would love to work with clients who understand what coaching is, who want to explore and engage in learning more about themselves and create that self-directed change. But that's not always the case. So let's talk in today's episode about how does it happen that we get a client that maybe isn't all that invested in having a coach? What are ways that we can engage for positive impact when our client says, I didn't ask for a coach? We'll get to that and more right after this. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm Meg Rentschler. As a coach instructor, every time I begin to work with a new cohort of students, I'm intrigued by the questions that come up right away for them. And some of those are definitely looking through the lens of a beginning coach who's learning the coaching profession. And sometimes those questions mirror things that continue to challenge us as coaches. And today's topic is definitely one of those. It's a, it's a topic that I get asked about a lot, whether it is a brand new coach or somebody who's been coaching for a while. And it's the concept of if coaching is a process of self-determined, self-directed change, what happens if I'm asked to work with somebody who didn't choose to be coached? The client who did not raise their hand for a coach. And we're going to look at that coaching relationship today through the lens of somebody who potentially is being volunteered into coaching, voluntold into coaching, sometimes, quote, sentenced into coaching, and looking at what are some of the reasons that you may be asked to coach somebody who didn't raise their hand for a coach. And some ways to consider setting up that partnership, looking at the overall engagement, and whether it's okay to provide any structure or other tools when we look through that lens. So let's start with, you know, what would lead somebody to be in coaching who didn't necessarily opt into coaching? It's obviously most likely to occur with a sponsored client. It's unlikely that somebody is going to pay for their own coaching who didn't opt into coaching. So through this episode, we'll kind of look through the lens of somebody who's being sponsored by another individual or in this situation by an organization. Now, maybe that person was referred for correction issues or performance issues. Definitely in that situation, those people can feel like they have been, quote, sentenced to coaching. That's a Judy Feld, one of my former mentors, uh, definitely talked about, you know, being sentenced to coaching. And it might even be last chance coaching that let's give this person coaching as the last chance before they're escorted out the door. 
Now, this kind of coaching, this correction, performance issue, last chance coaching, there's really special things to consider around this, the boundaries that we set up, how we set up the agreement, the coaching relationship. And we dove deeply into this in episode 122 with Master Certified Coach Diana Ideas. So I'm going to recommend that you, if you're thinking about this concept of last chance coaching, performance coaching, I'm going to refer you to episode 122 so that you can really do a deep dive on that issue. In today's episode, what we're going to talk about instead are those clients who are sort of encouraged or offered, or maybe it's even suggested that they get executive coaching. So it's not necessarily that you need to get executive coaching or else kind of thing. <laughs> look at that in episode 122. Today, we're going to look at the concept of it being offered. And maybe the client believes that it's politically correct for them to accept. Or maybe they're even wondering, is there a problem that I don't know about? So they accept coaching, even if they're not particularly motivated to have a coach. Now, in that situation, that could potentially lead to defensiveness or the client feeling wary or hesitant, really kind of walking into a low trust or uncertain situation for them. So what do we as the coach want to do with that? Well, first of all, I would encourage you to be sure that you have a clear understanding as to the motivation for the company to offer coaching to that individual. Is it a benefit that they offer to their leaders or high performers? And it's completely something that they encourage because they believe it's going to get the person to the next level. But there's no hidden motivation, hidden agenda there. If there is an issue or something that they would like to see addressed, this is where the alignment meeting really comes in. Getting everything on the table in that meeting with the manager or the HR person and the client about what does the organization really want to see happen through the coaching? Are there specific issues that they believe the client, they might, the client might not be on their way out the door or that it's a huge deal, but they really have some issues that they would like to see them address through the coaching. I cannot emphasize enough. Do not be in the place as the coach to be holding on to information that has not been shared with the client. Begin with a meeting where everything's put on the table. The client clearly understands the expectations. The organization has clearly stated what they would like to see. And those success criteria have been clearly laid out. This is what we would like to see happen. Is it realistic? Is the client understanding that? What is the overall goal from the organization perspective? This is also the key place to create clarity about confidentiality, the flow of communication, what is and is not shared. Get that clearly understood that you're not going to be sharing information about the client behind the client's back, that if new information needs to be shared, we'll do another alignment meeting. Whatever is shared in that alignment meeting, honor it. That's what begins to build trust in this situation where the client might be a little wary. Getting everything laid on the table in the alignment meeting 
is a great way to set expectations, to get those questions out of the way that might be inhibiting the client. Here's some other things that I like to do with clients who weren't necessarily the first one in line to say, I want a coach, but for whatever reason, they've agreed to do coaching. I want to be able to tap into their motivation and to really set the stage for success with them. I congratulate the client on the company investing in them. You know, coaching has really evolved over the years. It is seen as a benefit, a tool to help people move forward, to move up faster, further, with more clarity. Not everybody gets a coach. And having the company invest its resources and really allow this client to spend time and energy on their coaching to me, really represents a belief in the employee, a belief in the relationship and the value that the employee brings. So I like to emphasize that and then really inquire about what does the client know about coaching? What motivated them to agree to work with me as their coach? In this one-on-one, I really want to, again, emphasize confidentiality and what a coaching partnership looks like. So this is a great time to give some understanding about what coaching is versus other helping professions, to outline what the relationship is going to look like, what the expectations are of what the client brings forward, what the client can expect from the coach. You might even, if somebody has just no earthly idea what coaching is, and what they could benefit from or what they can bring to the table, you might even give them some examples of similar situations of different topics that coaches have brought, uh, clients, I'm sorry, that clients have brought to the table that really have, they've been able to uh, move the dial on, get some success on, create a difference in their teams, in their leadership, in their confidence, you know, whatever, what Really, this is a great time to do some exploration around, I heard in the alignment meeting what the organization wants. You brought forward some things as well. Since you've we've had that alignment meeting, what else has come up for you that would really create a difference in your personal and professional life that will make your time and energy in this coaching worth your while? We really want to tap into the end result that's going to make a difference for them. What would they like to experience differently six months from now, nine months from now, whatever that engagement is, get them to project forward and really get clear about those overarching goals. When you are working with somebody who at first didn't raise their hand and ask for a coach, when you can paint the picture of the possibility And really, really get clear about those goals in their engagement. Drill down and let's not leave it open to, I want to be better, a better leader. Well, what, what does that look like specifically? What will you be doing differently? What will your team be seeing from you that would create a difference in the way that you are as a leader? You know, if it's delegation, what specifically about delegation? What will you be doing differently? What will your team experience differently from you? So really paint a picture of success for each area and look at, is that realistic? Is that something that can be done in a six-month coaching engagement? 
you know, or a nine month or even a 12 month coaching engagement. When my clients bring a list of, you know, 12 overarching goals for a six month coaching engagement, let's really narrow that down to what are the two key things or maybe three key goals that are likely to, if we focus in on these, it's going to move the dial on everything else. What are the the foundational, the key things that we want to focus in on? And I encourage you from the get-go, be upfront that coaching is a process that involves commitment and work on their part. It's not just you show up for two appointments a month and things magically change. It involves applying the learning and applying the insights and action experiments to their work outside of those coaching sessions to really begin to see the movement, to see the progress that they are capable of. So what I really recommend is that you take time to personalize that engagement to what motivates them, what can really be achieved in this engagement. And with that, really help your client get the most they can from the engagement by providing them with tools, with forms for them to think about what they want to gain before a session. So how are they going to prep for their session? How can they potentially do some uh, introspection after a session and capture that in a form? What kinds of resources can you offer them that are going to help them see the value that coaching can really bring for them and get them engaged in the process. So even for those clients who didn't initially raise their hand and say, I want to coach, once you spend time with them exploring what coaching can bring, and before even that, looking at, does the organization have any hidden agendas? Let's put everything on the table and be clear. And this is going to reduce that level of defensiveness, wariness, uncertainty, and really allow the client to jump in with both feet in the process and see that they're being invested in, that they are being given an opportunity to reach higher heights and create more success for themselves. Now, that's one aspect of somebody who didn't raise their hand and say, I want a coach, and yet ways to get them engaged. Another situation that I really want to spend some time focusing in on that might lead you to having coaching clients who didn't opt in, well, they might opt in, but they opt in because everybody on the team is getting a coach. Now, I've had a lot of experience working with leadership teams where the organization has decided everybody gets a coach, you get a coach, you get a coach. So everybody's getting a coach. And it's really, you know, not an, it doesn't feel like an option to opt out of having a coach. In many ways, there are similarities to the situation that I talked about prior to this. And I would encourage you to do a lot of the same things, especially tapping into what their motivation is, what they could gain from the situation, how they want to leverage being able to work with a coach. So that is certainly an aspect of this. And when the entire team is given coaches, there definitely can be some pressure that they need to work in time to have that coach. 
even if the leader doesn't see that for them there's a value or a need for that. So some ways that there are some differences in this is that sometimes when the entire leadership team gets a coach, there's also coordination with some team training or learning facilitation. So maybe as the coach, you're also doing some facilitation around different kinds of training or group work, uh, or, you know, there might be group coaching and sometimes not, but there's these different elements that sometimes come into that. Getting by and getting the leader to really tap into what's in it for them is key to human nature, period. If I'm going to give you time out of my busy schedule, if I am going to, I already feel like I've got 60 hours a week of work to do and I'm trying to fit it into 50 hours instead of 60 hours or whatever, asking that leader to take time, you know, two hours a month to meet with a coach might be a stretch for them. Often I hear, you know, I'm in this position for a reason. I don't know that I need a coach. I'm doing just fine. And sometimes when the entire team is given a coach, I even hear, you know, so-and-so needs a coach more than I need a coach. So you want to be really careful about, A, confidentiality is absolutely key. If you are coaching more than one of the leaders on this team, you don't obviously share information from person to person. And I will tell you that sometimes they do talk about each other, or at least in my experience, and it's redirecting back to them and what their issue is and what they can most get out of this situation. So sometimes in this situation, that concept of what do you want to talk about today? Or what do you want to accomplish in our session today? What's your focus that you're bringing to the session today? That lands flat because if this leader didn't raise her hand for coaching, And despite your best effort to do all the things that I talked about before, set up those overarching uh, goals, really get their buy-in, paint a picture for where they want to get, very truthfully, even despite your best effort, sometimes that leader might not engage or bring a topic to the table. So I want you to think about what did you set up with the organization? for their leaders who do not really want to be coached. They're making this offer. They might be, you know, making it pretty clear that they expect every leader to engage in coaching. And what if they don't? So how have you set it up with the organization for things like people who don't show up, who don't follow through with the things that they said that they were going to follow through, who come late and leave early? How have you set up the coaching agreement with each individual client about those expectations? And if those things are not happening, how are you going to revisit that coaching agreement with them and potentially give them the option to pull out of the coaching program? Uh, Perhaps the option is, you know, that they decide that they just are not engaged and want to do this. So if the person does want to bow out of coaching, what's the process that you've set up? How does the company want to deal with that? If it's communicated, it's communicated once again in an alignment meeting. You don't report back that so-and-so said that he or she wants to bow out of coaching. That needs to be a situation where that person's communicating that. They're a grown-up. Let's create a situation where they can explain why they don't want to 
be in coaching that might be uncomfortable for you as the coach. Maybe they're saying they're not getting anything out of it. And yet the situation needs to be set up that you are not the messenger of it. Because remember, you've promised confidentiality. So you're not the messenger of this person is is wanting to bow out of coaching. Somehow that's got to be communicated with the client in the driver's seat. Now with that, it's not unheard of if you're coaching within an organization that you set up from the get-go that as the coach, you're reporting certain things into the organization, whether somebody is coming for their sessions, uh, whether they are, you know, doing their field work. But if you're going to be communicating those things, it needs to be very clear to your client. Here's the report that I fill out each week or each month. And, you know, when you no show for appointments, that's going to be noted on the report that I send in to the organization. Now, I don't want to be negative about this because often when leadership teams all get a coach, they are able to see the value of that and they're able to engage in that and really get a lot of value out of it. I've done some really, I've had some exciting engagements with full leadership teams. But I wanted to share, and I wanted to share, an example of one company that I worked with that uh, everybody got a coach. And for the first six months, we did some pretty traditional coaching where um, we set up, you know, everybody got their individual sessions and set up those overarching goals, did alignment meetings with the leader. Goals were set across the board for each individual. The individual sessions were twice a month where the client came to the session and the coach asked them, you know, what was, what did they want to accomplish in the session? We reminded them of their overarching goals. We, you know, worked around what did they want to bring to the session. And that worked incredibly well for some of the leaders. And for other leaders, they just didn't know what they wanted to talk about. They didn't want to tap into their overarching goals. They no-showed for sessions. You know, some of those things happened. So some were successful, some were not. What was interesting about this organization is they decided to do another six months of coaching. And as a coaching team, we decided to look at what we could do to provide additional value in the face that some of the leaders were very engaged, some were less engaged, and the organization really wanted everybody to have another chance at coaching. Now, over that six months that we had worked with the organization, we were able to do a needs assessment from them. We were able to look at what are some of the key issues that are going on in this organization and work both with the clients and the management team that was asking for the coaching to say, you know, if we were able to help move the dial on one issue that would really make a difference within the organization, what would that be? And that was the issue of trust. There was a lack of trust amongst the leaders just throughout the organization. So what we decided to do was to build the coaching around a resource. And the resource that we happened to use in this situation was the book, The Speed of Trust. And we built a six-month coaching engagement around that resource because everybody could get the book. We were able to break it down into chunks. 
with focused areas each session around the concept of building trust. So six months of coaching, 12 sessions. Each session had some specific reading around the concept of trust from the speed of trust. There were topics offered for discussion and application. And those clients who were not as engaged before had something to focus on, some reading to do that triggered within them some things that they wanted to talk about, about their experience within the organization. And it allowed them to pre-think about some of the questions because there were questions offered in this resource that we gave them around their six-month coaching engagement. The other thing that it allowed was that if, in fact, a leader didn't want to focus on that, that they had some individual issues that they wanted to focus on, they were able to do that. It opened up exploration into what each person felt like they could do to impact the relationships in the organization, within their teams, within the leadership group as a whole. And we were able to see that those clients that didn't engage fully in the traditional coaching, because once again, they hadn't raised their hand and said that they wanted this. And despite the coach's best interest to try to get them engaged, set some goals, determine where they wanted to go, that wasn't happening in the traditional sense. The leadership still wanted those people to have the benefit of coaching. So what we were able to do is to provide some structure, tie into the each person's overarching goals, create a structure around the concept of trust, which was very much lacking in the organization, and help each client get more out of their coaching sessions. Now, just because we had this structure, didn't mean that every conversation was the same. As a matter of fact, every conversation was very different, very focused on what was important to that particular client. And the structure seemed to make them feel a little safer, give them some parameters to to explore within. And I just thought it was an interesting experiment because I don't know that very often you would have the, the ability to coach a group of people for six months in the sort of traditional uh, setting and then have an opportunity to potentially build a coaching structure around a particular theme and coach the same people again. So we had that opportunity. The uh, obvious, I think if I were, you know, to do it again, I'd maybe want to provide the structure for the first half and move away from the structure once a client sort of understood what coaching was and what that process was like. But very truthfully, some of those leaders just didn't want to be coached and and were able to engage more in in the more structured. Now, I will be honest, some of those leaders just pulled out of coaching. They did not want to be coached. Not everybody wants to be coached, and that's okay. Uh, in a situation, though, where leadership is really pushing to have their people coached, we just had to have some frank discussions also with management around, you know, whether this was going to be helpful uh, for everybody uh, if there were some people who just didn't want to engage. So I just wanted to share some thoughts with you this week about what happens when a client says, but I didn't ask for a coach. 
And what are some things that you can do to potentially offer them the resource of coaching and to get their buy-in to coaching? So in summary, you know, ideally, yes, our clients raise their hands and say, I am in for self-directed, self-determined change. Sign me up. I'm all about this coaching thing. And the reality is that's not always the situation. Now, luckily, the reputation of coaching has definitely changed over the 13 years I've been doing this, continues to evolve. It did used to be looked at as sort of correctional or developmental uh, in a negative way. And now it's far more focused on achievement and results and high potential people. So that right there is a good trend to have because people are less wary of coaching. Regardless of how somebody ends up across the table from you or across the Zoom screen from you, find out what their motivation is. Where does it lie for them? What's important to them? That's an element of coaching as a whole. And when we can really understand and help our clients paint a picture of what's possible, we're far more likely to have their buy-in and their enthusiasm about coaching. And I really encourage you to be bold about what they're going to need to contribute. If you set it up like, oh, this is just, you know, a magical situation, A, I don't know that they're going to buy into that. B, they uh, are not going to get what they could get out of it when we're upfront and honest about the fact that this is a partnership and you're going to be doing some heavy lifting in this. It's really about what you bring to the table and what you're willing to contribute that will impact what you get out of the process of coaching. That is absolutely key because while you are not an expert in their life and their process, you are the expert in what coaching is and what the best practices for coaching are. So when you help them to really step into being a great client, they're going to get more out of the process. And through my experience, I will say that structure might just help clients get more out of the process when, in fact, it's a program for everybody to be in. How can you set it up to really create the best success? So some of the things I said might have been a little controversial. I really welcome your feedback and thoughts. I encourage you to follow us on Facebook and join and have some conversation at starcoachshow.com. Well, not .com, it's Facebook slash starcoachshow. So if you'd like to be a part of our Facebook discussion, Star Coach Show on Facebook. Now, next week, I am delighted to introduce you to Sarah Kenny. She is a girls empowerment coach. She's going to be talking about how she coaches young women, 12 and up, maybe a niche that you thought, is that a a viable niche? It's very much a viable niche. She helps them create identity, build esteem, uh, create confidence. And uh, she's going to talk about how vital her uh, engagement with these young women is and how it helps them move towards self-leadership. Super excited for that next week. And as we wrap up tonight, I just want to thank you for being a listener. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rate and review wherever you listen so that more people find the show. Until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week and we'll see you next.